What's going on, everybody? We're back with another edition of the Crazy Face Who Know Podcast. I'm your host, Shane McNeely. And I've got a very special guest sticking with the theme of the Bethel Boys, our little reunion. Got a great friend, one of my best friends, T-Bone, Tony Wiltsy. How's it going, man? How's it going? I'm going to really try and just talk like we're just yeah, talking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you'll get in the rhythm. You're probably more used to it. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah, so um, just a few things. One being, um, you know, I don't know exactly when I'm going to be posting this one in particular, but it's probably not going to be the first one. So uh, you've probably, if you're tuning into this, you you should definitely listen to like Tyler and Calvin and hopefully some of the other guys I can get on as well. But, um, you know, we're all together right now in South Bend, Indiana. And we're like reunion, best friends from college are really good friends and, and live together and also, uh, one of the catalysts for kind of us getting together is been uh, the passing of Matt, uh, one of our other friends, and kind of realizing how important life is and important the people that uh, we really cared about and like this group of people is to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, shout out to Maddie. Yeah. Cheers, Maddie. Yeah, cheers, Maddie. Yeah. <laughs> cheers. Um, also, there is a good possibility that Tyler, who you heard earlier in the week, if you've listened ahead of time, his family might be coming home, his wife and daughter, um, and we're just doing this in his basement. So <laughs> if it's loud and the sound's not like normal, then that's why. And I know you can hear a lot of stuff going on, but so that's, that's what's going on. But uh, enough of that garbage. Um, T-Bone. <laughs> uh, I didn't get my stretches it, in before this. <laughs> uh, Tony, man. So, kind of the the theme I've been going. I just want to know about start when you think is appropriate or like whatever. But um, yeah, kind of like the life cycle of Tony Wiltsy. Uh, you know, you you. I just think it's interesting to to see like where you came from and where you're at now um, to present life. So. Um, yeah, I don't know where you want to start off. You are your sister. You have a sister, mm-hmm. just you two and my uh, and your brother. brother. You have an older brother. So yeah, you're one of three. Mm-hmm. You're the middle. Yeah. Um, Technically my brother's my half brother. Yeah. So, but I just, he's my brother to me. So, yeah. uh, and then I hear some things that, I mean, some things I know about you, I, I wrote down, uh, you used to work in the education world. Mm-hmm. You're a teacher, Spanish teacher. Yep. You were a Spanish major. No. No. I was a youth ministry oh, major. Oh, youth major with a Spanish minor. Spanish minor. That's right. Yeah. And um, I, when I was in high school, <clears throat> I was like, either want to go into education, be a teacher, or um, go into youth ministry and be a youth minister. Yeah. Youth pastor. And, uh, for some reason I chose youth pastor. Yeah. I, well, I, I know. Which is funny because now reasons. you've kind of like gone the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, similarities. And I guess in some of those, but like education, 
our majors, because I had the same major as you, mm-hmm. Adolescent Studies in Youth Ministry is what it's called. Yeah, there we go. Which I like saying that more because I don't, I'm not going to be and I don't want to be a youth pastor. Um, I don't. I don't want any of that. <laughs> yeah. Me neither. And so, like, it I realized me, that during college. It makes me same yeah. senior year. Perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> about that last semester, you're like, what? <laughs> you want me to write a paper about what? And I don't want to do that because I don't want to be a part of any of that. Cool. Sweet. All right. Uh, um, <laughs> no, but I like the like adolescent studies. You know, we did have a lot of like education on like adolescence and youth and a lot of our like internships and things like yeah there was a religious side of those and whatever but you just start to learn about teenagers and adolescents in that Mm -hmm. age range and almost specialize in that like age group you know and you know for me special education but also the coaching aspect of things like there's a lot of similarities in like the coaching aspect of things and like youth ministry it's just a different a different uh uh, aim, uh, mm-hmm. you know. It's working with youth. Yeah. Right. Um. Here's some other things I wrote down. Your father. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You are a child of divorce. Mm-hmm. And you've also experienced divorce yourself. I have. So interesting little things to like talk about there. You're also a statistic. Well, you're just, a, you're just a number, T-Bone. Uh, no, yeah, I, get, I mean, technically you ways. are, so I can't, I don't know, like, I can't dispute that, right? Um, and you are, your wife is Dominican, so you have a biracial family. Yeah, Dominican-American. Dominican-American. Mm-hmm. Um, but that definitely, it adds another little, little element to your life and something that... Um, is special about you. Yeah. In some ways. Adds flavor. Sasson. Oh, little flavor. Sasson. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I makes like life that. interesting. Diversity makes life interesting, I yeah. think. Yeah. And you are also probably one of the most intentional people I know. You're... You... We... So, uh, Ty and I both talked about... Ty wanted to know, like, let's talk about each person it's at this group oh, and wow. be like, what do we like about them? And the things that we like about them, which That's is really cool. interesting. And that was one of the things we talked about with you. Mm. Like, we're like, you know, we talked about it in the sense of Alex, who also passed away recently. Um, a lot of people, one of the, the things that people said about him a lot was that he, is, he, he just made you feel like the most special person, mm. you know, like that you were the only one that mattered at that moment when they were talking. And, I think that that's very much you. Hmm. Um, I feel that with you. Like, I feel you're just very good about having a conversation and making me feel like I'm the only one that matters at that moment. And wow, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. That's high praise. Yeah, absolutely. Nicholas Cage would say. So you grew up in Indiana. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That was a really quick transition. (laughs) Nicholas Cage. I'm going to see how many bits of comedy I can insert in here. All right. Okay. Who was that? Um, it was on SNL, Weekend Update. He would play Nicolas Cage. Um, Andy Samberg. Oh. High praise. That's high praise. <laughs> All right. 
I did grow up in Indiana, South Bend. I grew up in Granger, actually. I was born in South Bend. Yeah. Which is, like, close. They're all, like, what, within 5, 10 miles of each other, so. Yeah. Mishawaka, South Bend, Granger. Some closer than others, but they're all, like, general vicinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, Sam and I both, we both lived in your house. Yeah, my mom's house. Your mom's house. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, like, it was your house that you grew up in, right? Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, since, like, second grade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was interesting. That was fun. Uh, but we didn't do that till when our... Senior year. Was it just our senior year? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it was. Junior year, you guys were in the Calvert house, and then we moved in with... Or I moved in with you. Sam was in Uganda for that first semester. Yep. The fall. And then he came in the spring, so it was you and me and then us three. And Matt Crouch was there for a little bit. Because like he was week. doing his... Well, he was doing his student student teaching. Yeah, but it wasn't very long. Yeah. It was like a week or two. Yeah. It was like there was like an overlap. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's... um, I'm sure you've experienced it like when you grow up in a certain town, certain place, and then you go out of that place and go to a bunch of other places and have all these other life experiences. Mm Mm-hmm. And meet all these other people from different places, yeah, <laughs> from different backgrounds as you. And then I've experienced this lately. Uh, I remember one time, particular, like somewhat recently, when I uh, stayed back with my dad. But I was just walking around this neighborhood that I'd been around before, and and just realizing how different I was to some extent, how mm. much I had grown. Things yeah. I had sp- experienced, and just as a result, how I saw just that neighborhood like mm-hmm. differently. You know, you have different perspective as you, yeah. Hopefully, as you grow well, up, and that was that was interesting. I was talking to Calvin uh, earlier today, kind of about that. It's just interesting how when you go to all these different places, like I fully believe that life is meant to be shared, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't know. Uh, we don't have a lot of choice in how we share that life with some people, mm-hmm. you know, like you walk down the street and you pass by someone and whether you look at them or you don't, or you smile or you frown or you glare, or you, or you look the other way or you're on the phone or uh, you're with a group of people or whatever that is. Like there's a perception and there's, there's something that's shared, right? Mm-hmm. To get as hippy dippy as it could be like the air, you're sharing the same air, mm-hmm. you know, um, to whatever, you know what I mean? Like, in to then the more intentional sharing of life and being intentional about like those types of things mm-hmm. or just sitting down for dinner or lunch or um but like when we enter into conversation with one another we leave differently mm-hmm. you know and there's a shared moment with those things and it's the same when you go to other countries and you experience like you leave those places and you you now have a new set of uh, things, a, a new lens in which you look through life at and, mm-hmm. like, look at life when you come back. Um, especially, like, other cultures and learning about other people and all those. Th- like, those things are, I've really, I feel like those are really, like, monumental times, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you've done some traveling. Mm-hmm. I have. Um, I've done a lot of traveling around the States. Yeah. 
I did a like three and a half month semester abroad in Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. My sophomore year. Um, the year before that, I went to Puerto Rico for a week with Derek Griffey and Jordan Walter. Oh. If you remember Jordan. Good old Jordan. I forgot about yeah. him. Yeah. Jeezy. And uh, that kind of... I took three and a half years of high school Spanish. Initially, I took three years because that was what was required to get um, the high school diploma that I, I wanted to get. Like yeah. the top high school diploma. So I always liked it. I yeah. I always liked it. It was fun, but it was also like a requirement. It was like, this is what I need to do. And I just, I didn't take it that seriously. And I can look back now and realize, I think a big reason why I didn't take it seriously, which, you know, this can be for so many different things. Sure. Yeah. 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 In your high school, you're so, 15, you're 16. Yeah. You, you don't, you can't see as well far ahead. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, I remember it with like personal finance. Like I'm like, Oh, I should have taken <laughs> I wish that. I would have listened to it or paid more attention. Yeah. Know. We're, uh, we're not really, we're not going to cuss much on here. Right. Or no. It's up to you. Whatever. Okay. I mean, you um, do you. I don't, I don't know what I you're going to say or myself. what you're going to do. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, okay. <laughs> Well, I thought I remember on a other podcast you said like I haven't really said anything. Oh, okay. So I don't. I'm not going to tell you to say or not say something. Okay. But I but I get to make my choices of what I say. All right. You know? Sounds good. I mean. Oh, so with Spanish, uh, I think a big reason why. I didn't take it that seriously and I just didn't have vision of how I could actually apply it in my life was I didn't, I maybe had one Latino friend that I can think of. I mean, I had, I had some other non-white friends, mostly Asian, mostly Asian. I think (laughs) I can think of Yeah, maybe one or two black friends, but, um, so yeah. And, uh, I know that his dad was his parents were spanish speaking and i think they were from mexico but i never remember like actually going over to his house and hanging out there you know we like played baseball together and sure. hung out you know did school stuff like yeah. school friends and whatnot so i just never i never totally got like oh this language you can use this in all these different ways, you know, mm-hmm. like fill in the blank. Um, up until what really, so that kind of died, died down. And then my freshman year of college, when we went to Puerto Rico for the week, um, that like reignited this. I mean, I saw how I could use the Spanish language to mm-hmm. connect with people. And it was this, you know, I was able to visit this beautiful, um, lively, um, you know, island in the in the Caribbean that yeah. was so different from where I was from. Yeah, and I connected with with the with so many aspects about the culture, um, in, in a bunch of different ways. Like, kind of, I felt like it it lined up with my personality in a lot of different ways, sure. and that kind of that gave me vision. Like, whoa, mm-hmm. you know, I can use. And I remember talking with this guy. Um, he was a retired uh, police officer. I forget his... He had a funny nickname. It was something to do with policeman or something. Uh, 
And anyways, he had like a big scar. Like he was shot in the chest, mm-hmm. uh, like stabbed. Yeah. Um, and anyways, I remember sitting there like on the street and having like a 10 minute conversation with him. And I, I remember like, whoa, I understood. I felt like I understood the gist, was, the majority yeah. of what, what he was saying. And then he, he invited me over to his place and we hung out at his place. I remember he had this huge big screen TV. Yeah. But then like, you know, didn't have like hardly anything in the house. <laughs> and there are all these holes in the floor and in the yeah. roof. and Priorities, um, man. That's right. And cable. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just remember that trip specifically. It, it reignited this. It reignited. There was something going on in me that I was like, whoa. You know, yeah. I, I want to pursue this. And mm-hmm. so I, I did the Dominican Republic trip. And that was a very, very, I mean, that has greatly influenced my life. Um, I never, you know, sitting in Spanish two in high school thinking like, oh, I would teach Spanish or go to these countries or yeah. marry someone who's a Spanish speaker yeah. or um, so, have some of these really amazing friendships you know yeah which kind of brings us almost to like maybe college right uh what was your what was your draw like the spanish side makes sense now right uh so what was your draw to the youth ministry aspect of things yeah so growing up i mean uh, in a number of different ways, my household was dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of conflict between my parents, which flowed out into the rest of the household, especially yeah. with my sister and I. Yeah. Um, my brother, my brother uh, was like when I was younger, he was around a lot more. Mm-hmm. He would stay at my parents, you know, a decent amount, and then stay. He mostly lived with his mom. Yeah. And then as he got older, he just, you know, visited less and less. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, we do too. It's now. normal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so anyways, uh, with, with that dysfunction, you know, I think my sister and I were affected the most, but anyways, um, you know, I, I'm really, really appreciative of my relationship with my dad now. Um, and we've been through a lot and, uh, I'm really grateful for that. I mean, he, Mm -hmm. he went through a lot of health issues two years ago and almost died. Yeah. We thought he was going to die. And so, I mean, every day, you know, every, every time I get to be with him, talk with him, interact with him, um, I'm really grateful for it. Um, growing up, I mean, uh, I know that he definitely influenced my life. I can see ways, uh, you know, healthy, good ways. Like sports was a big one. He loved yeah. sports. And so uh, I played all different sports and mm-hmm. I'm glad to have those experiences and, yeah. and have that, I guess, foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's... What was your favorite sport you played? Now I... Um... I really like soccer, mm. football, soccer. Um, but what about when you 
What I mean is that what you did? You play soccer? Well, I played like four years of club in okay. in high school. Yeah. But I was I never like learned like good techniques and I just liked to play it and I yeah. thought it was fun. Which it is fun. So. Yeah. Um, I was probably most into baseball. That's what I figured you'd say. And probably the best at that. I mean, I was like on the all-star team in Little League. Yeah. And I tried out for the baseball team two years in a row in high school and got cut each year. Ooh, perfect. (laughs) So I was the best at that sport. (laughs) (laughs) Those are hard lessons, though. How did you take that? Like, Um, it It was, you know, I went to... Penn High School is a big high school. At the yeah. time, I think it was like 3,200 people. Yeah, it's huge. And so it was It was hard to play sports and to yeah. be good at it. And things were very political. I knew the coaches. I knew, you know, a lot of, most of the people who were on the team, like we had played baseball growing up. Yeah, sure. Um, I went to like all of the off-season workouts. I played summer ball even when I wasn't even on the team. Yeah. So, I mean, I learned how to work really hard, and but it came to this point where I just, especially by the second time I got cut leading up to that, I was like, this isn't fun anymore. I'm, yeah. I'm done. Like, I don't want to keep playing if it's not fun. I, well, know. and that's the thing. And sometimes, you know, there it's interesting because like there are some, some athletes or some people out there that like, that's the motivation they need to like, to go to the next level, to be better, to be the best. You know, sometimes yeah. it takes those. And I think everybody's different in those ways, but yeah, yeah, it was the same with basketball. I played freshman basketball in high school, and then after that, and I, I didn't play much, and I scored yeah. like seven points in one season. Nice, you know. Uh, I didn't score any. You played? You played basketball? No, nope. no. That's why I didn't uh, score. Oh, any. that was like a good <laughs> joke. <Hey>. Comedy. <laughs> but I'm um, yeah, with there were three of us who like mostly rode the bench. And uh, we can't. We called ourselves the Three Kings, and we came yeah. up with this like theme song. It was like based on the Three Kings song. But see, that's like classic. <laughs> you, it was so right? fun. Like that was like probably the most fun you had. About it was doing so it. fun. Yeah. yeah, it was so fun. So um, your dad, but your dad was influential in like your sports and like that world. He was very influential, and uh, I, you know, he put he put pressure on me and my sister too. Um, I think in a good way. Um. But then, you know, once it was like where I was like, no, I'm I I know my dad. I know where he wants me to go, but yeah. I'm just like I'm not going that route. Sure. And so, you know, that was I'm sure that was difficult for him. Yeah. Um so yeah, where are we going with that? Oh, we're just talking sports. about life, your family, uh getting into college, youth sports, ministry. Was, youth ministry. Yeah. Yeah, so anyways, um Dad definitely taught me a lot about sports. Um, he's very goofy. And so, like, especially now, whenever, almost any time that I interact with him, I'm like, oh, that's where I get that from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I appreciate that too. a lot about him. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so, but, you know, he he was, and I would say he's still, I don't know totally what it looks like now, but um, I believe, well, that's all philosophical stuff but an alcoholic um and so so anyways that that affected our family a lot his drinking yeah and i mean it wasn't just his drinking it was just not being totally present Present. Mm -hmm. um a lot of times it was my mom my sister and i and then he was somewhere else or he was just 
in the basement or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there was a lot of uh, conflict and a lot of um, hurt, a lot of pain from all that. Um, and so anyways, when, when, um, my parents separated for a year when I was, I think in second grade and then, uh, you know, they, they came back together. Um, we were part of a United Methodist church growing up, all, all of us. Okay. Um, and that was the faith tradition that my dad grew up in, Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, I think it was like at that point they separated. And then after that, like, or at that time we stopped being a part of the United Methodist church. We then went to uh, river Valley church, community church at the time. Um, uh, just, we heard about it. It was yeah. a non-denational, non-denominational church showed up. And uh, basically I was a part of, I, I then eventually, you know, got more involved and yeah. I was a part of that church. I mean, up until like, through through like first year of college so anyways during that time i i had some really it was mostly in the church i mean i i had really good teachers also like in school growing up they were really influential that i can look back now and and be you know really thankful for them yeah um but also in the church just some really good adults, like, uh, Mm -hmm. great role models. And, you know, they really care. I felt like they really cared about me and other kids and they really made a huge, uh, difference in my life. And certain, certain things that I was lacking that maybe my dad wasn't, um, you know, providing, like, I felt like they kind of filled that, that void. Um, and, so anyways, because of all that, I was like, wow, I had these people who, and that's why it was between, it was between, uh, you know, being a teacher education or youth ministry and youth pastor. Um, because I had really good teachers who influenced my life. Ty's family is home. Yeah. I'm sure you can hear. But I'm more distracted than gonna, normal. We're just going to keep going. So sorry for the sound, uh, interference, but. It's all good. We're just going to roll with it. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Sorry. Yeah. So like I said, um, that that's why it was between I want to go into education or youth ministry because yeah. of people who had uh, affected my life in such an amazing way and really, yeah, really, yeah, I mean, provided, and I'm not saying I didn't have any structure at home and it was like, you know, I mean, there were great things about my family there are still great things about my family, but growing up there, there were, and there are. Um, so anyways, yeah. I mean, because of people's influence in my life and the change that they, uh, you know, affected in my life, like I was like, I want to do the same to other people, Mm -hmm. other kids, youth, especially kids who have family issues or don't have, you know, single parent homes or, you know, fill in the blank. Yep. So that was always, I think that was always my vision. And I think as we went through the program, I realized like, yeah, I don't really see myself being like a traditional youth pastor for a traditional church. Well, that's like very much how our learning or like our quote training was in some ways. And, and 
I think you know what I think. The, I remember the the one class that kind of like put the nail in the coffin for me, and which is funny because I I mean I think I was always like new that that wasn't something I was or like eventually knew that that wasn't something I was going to do, especially after my internship in San Antonio. Oh yeah. Um, I I hadn't fully like embraced that, but I'm pretty sure I was like. Yeah, I don't know that I want to do that or starting to question that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one for me was counseling teens in crisis. Oh, yeah. So I went into youth ministry with the idea that I wanted to work with youth in counseling, right? Oh, so I wanted, okay. I was, but I could go psychology or I could go Christian ministries, ministries route. And Ertl, uh Tim Ertl, mm-hmm. he was my guidance counselor at the time. And he was like, Sounds like youth ministry. And he sent me like oh. what that outline. And he's like, why don't we get you signed up for the first two weeks in these classes? And if you decide after you get going in those, those first two weeks, shoot me an email. And if you decide you don't want to do that, we'll switch you over and it'll all be good. And I was like, cool. Interesting. And I was like, yep, we'll stick with this. Cause it was interesting. I love learning about the youth and like, you know, we still took psychology classes and mm-hmm. I was interested in learning more about the Bible and learning more about like, the religion that I grew up in and my dad was a pastor in and you know, like that was, it was intriguing to me. It was something I grew up in, but I didn't necessarily ever dive into it and like learn about it. So it's like, why not? Mm -hmm. So I think throughout that course of my college life, and that was because I had switched after my freshman year, I came in as a nursing major to youth ministry, decided I like focused in, I want to help people. I want to do this. How do I want to help people similar to you? I wanted to, help people that were going through similar things that I'd gone through as a divorce child, like a child that went through the divorce. Um, And I went the education or the, the nursing or those types of routes because of the, like uh, actually uh, patch Adams was my inspiration of like working with kids with like cancer, pediatric oncology was my interest. And so I, I went that route in the beginning and then I switched, you know, halfway through or whatever that was, or like after my freshman year to the Christian ministries, went mm-hmm. that direction. And then I got to counseling teens in crisis when I thought this was going to be like, oh, this is the part that I'm excited for, right? Like this is the part that's going to teach me and like I'm going to learn and hear more about and going to inspire me to be this counseling side of things. And then I got into it and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Mm. My expectation was, was wrong. And, uh, Hey, how's it going? Um, so my expectation was wrong with, with what that was. Right. Uh, and then I went into, you know, I left that class and was just like, meh. How was your expectation wrong or different or Uh, tell me more about that? I wanted yeah, I wanted to, I think I wanted the psychology side of things. I wanted to know, like, that's why this whole thing, this podcast is so fascinating is that Mm -hmm. like we, I can, I get to hear about your life and I get to hear about how those experiences shaped you into who you are now and like focus you into those things. I'm fascinated by that. I love watching people and go, Hmm, how did you get to that point? Right. Why'd you decide to do that? Oh, well, I did this, 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 and this, and like, eh, you know, it wasn't necessarily whatever it was, you know, I love that. Um, The sociology, the psychology side of things, I find myself really intrigued by those things now, especially, and I think that that really affected, I just, I think I wanted, 
I felt like counseling teens in crisis when like the youth ministry aspect of thing was more like the rules of what not to do. Yeah. And it was like very like, it was very much the like, uh, I don't know, just the mundane parts of it are like you, it wasn't like diving into issues of how we actually counsel teens. Mm. It was, it wasn't that at all. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to go in depth. I wanted to go and like, how do I talk to a student that's going through a difficult time? You know, we touched on it, but that wasn't the focus of the classroom at all. It was like sex and pornography and youth ministry and what that, you know, like these are things you're going to come across. What do you do if somebody like tells you they have a picture or, you know, like you got to call this person and you got to do this. Call 911. Right. Or like whatever. <laughs> but you know yeah, what I, I mean? Like it was I like very remember. much the like, and it, but that's I don't the fact that you don't remember. To, I do, but I don't. To be able to like give my opinion on it right yeah. now. The fact like, that you I hear don't, what you're saying. But I think the fact that you don't remember is pretty, it pretty much kind of puts that like, oh, well, that pretty much explains that. Like, it wasn't that influential of a class. There's definitely other classes that I remember a lot more about. Um, it just didn't meet my expectations. And mm-hmm. it didn't teach me anything about counseling teens in Christ. It ta- taught me what not to do. It taught me rules. It didn't teach me, like, the process of asking questions and what it means to dive into all those different things and more like what i think i hear i'm you're saying too is maybe it covered more like issues versus like how specifically to. i don't think it covered any issues oh okay no i don't think we covered any of that i don't know because that's thought, what i remember is like issues like, like yeah it was like pornography yeah drug uh, use, those types of issues but it wasn't like how to counsel teens within those it was like the do's and don'ts of not of like dealing with those Right. And I like that's I don't need that. Right. Like, I mean, I do. Right. Those are important and we can talk about those things. But I I was so shallow. And it was like one semester of a class when you could have done this, like that should have been a a class you had to take every year, every semester. And then you like deep dive into all those different like components and, you know, talking about the religious aspect within like. Um, I don't know. It just put me off, I think. And then I realized that like, that's not the major for me and I'm not going to do anything with this afterwards. And I'd really shifted focus of like more international justice and international like development. That's really where my heart kind of, and like where I wanted to go personally. And I found that that was the attracting thing. And I, I don't, that hasn't ever really gone away. It just looks different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the youth ministry component. Now what we should talk about if you, yeah, you want to go, go there now or later. Um, like being in bicultural, biracial hmm. relationships. Yeah. We, I, I don't feel like we've really talked much about that. We haven't. And it's funny. Okay, let's do it because this, is, this yeah. is really interesting. And I think that we'll have very different perspectives throughout this. Um. Yeah, so my wife, Dana, you may have heard her on the podcast. She was on recently talking about our move to Florida. It's coming up. But she is, um, her mom is um, Chinese, uh, full Chinese. And her dad is a German-American. You know, he's from America. He was born in America. He's a mutt. He's American. Um, But with a lot of German heritage and roots. Um, So, yeah, she's a... 
And her mom's full. was originally from China. Yeah, I think she was. Yeah, I think so. She may have technically been born in New York, but yeah, I don't know that she immigrated. I think she was born in New York. Okay. But um, her grandparents, Dana's grandparents on her mom's side, immigrated. They were, um, so her mom was first generation immigrant, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever. And so Dana's the second. Um, But yeah, it's interesting. Dana and I talk about this, you know, and we've, we've talked about some of these things a lot like the race aspect of things and um how people have looked at her in the past as like she's this is a little off talk of like biracial relationships i guess but i think it's relative to what we're talking about um that her issues are like some of the things are frustrations with people getting more excited because she is biracial when they find out she's a little racially ambiguous sometimes like it's hard to tell sometimes you can mm-hmm. when you go when you when you hear her go like yeah my mom's chinese you're like oh okay yeah i see it you know but maybe not beforehand you're like you you're you don't fit like quite like which what you know but people just being more interested in her after that and i think sometimes she she's even said to me like she doesn't even think about it you know she was born in minnesota you know she she grew up here she this is She's American, you know, she's, um, she's had different experiences than us and than myself, especially, but, um, I think that those things are, are interesting to think about. And I, I get it, I guess. And I hadn't never thought about it. So you actually just asked this question that actually don't think about it that often, you know, I mean, I think it's really cool. I like that. I, I like the fact that. And not that, like, that's all our, you know, like, relationship is. But I like that she's from, that she's got that part of her life, that she's got this um, connection or this uh, cultural experience that I'm not familiar with and that's different and unique. And I, I like those things. You know, she grew up in her parents' home and her grandparents lived with them on the, her, her Chinese grandparents. And they had like a little mother-in-law suite in the house and they lived there and helped fix the food and help raise them and help do all those things. And, you know, that's a very unique um, experience that I haven't grown up with. Right. Like I didn't have that, but it's very common in other countries other than America. And I think um, it's becoming more popular in, in the United States in some ways, but. Yeah, I think just it kind used of... to be more common too, right? Yeah, I think like, so. I think bo- both my mom and dad, at different points, they had their grandparents like live with them. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I that's interesting because I, I think it might be a generational. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a gap that's like taking place. So mm-hmm. interesting perspective. I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so like that's like our quote, you know, story or her story, or like that side in the simplified version. But um, did she? Um, you said her grandparents lived with her growing up. Um, did yeah. they speak English? Uh, did, what languages were spoken in the house? Yeah. You know, did, were uh, they preparing like Chinese food? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chinese was definitely spoke in the house. Um, and I, I, I'm assuming that's Mandarin, but I don't really know. Um, her mom still speaks Chinese, um, and her, like so, her mom and, and her mom like her mom and her brother. The, and Dana's uncle 
like they speak uh, Chinese with each other. Um, and her grandparents obviously did, but her grandparents spoke English. Um, she, Dana told me that at a young age, I couldn't tell you the age specifically, but at a young age, at some point in time, she just decided like, I don't want to speak Chinese anymore. And so she just only talked, spoke in English and she looks back on that. I know she said it before, like, dang it. <laughs> you know, she like missed out on an opportunity to like, know this language that's a very unique language and whatever but has she tried to learn more again um i wouldn't necessarily say so i mean other than like the, we used to play the game her her grandfather passed away a few years ago and uh we used to play the game whenever we were all at like family dinner at like a chinese restaurant or whatever and um she'd get the fortune cookies and like, you know how they have like the Chinese words on the back. And so her and her sister would like try to say them like correctly. And then he had to guess what they were trying to say. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was kind of fun. So like maybe, I don't know. That's it depends cool. on how you like, no, I wouldn't say like formally trying to learn that. No, mm-hmm. but she knows some words. She knows some things, but I wouldn't say she's like formally doing that. Yeah. And her, her grand grandfather owned his own restaurant, Chinese restaurant, house of Louis. And, uh, so yeah, he, they, they were the ones that made the food in the house growing up. So it was like Chinese food and traditional dishes. And, um, I know I've mentioned it, I think on the podcast and previous ones, but she, that's one of the reasons she loved, loves spaghetti so much. She didn't grow up with spaghetti. They would just have like Chinese food, rice and whatever. And, um, so like now like rice is a staple in her life. And I'm like, I don't always want rice, you know? So like I uh, we just it's just interesting like venturing into like a new food world some in some ways for her because like she that's just like her experience uh, but yeah she loves spaghetti so it's like a guilty pleasure for her <laughs> but what about for you uh, you and Maria 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 yeah we're Tony and Maria from the West Side Story um, which we watched that Spanish. Oh, no. yeah we we got. <laughs> So we got married uh, in New York City, and so like when we're staying, and we stayed in Manhattan in a hotel, and um, we watched West Side Story like some really you know you're like that's us couple nights before we got married or something like that was kind of that's cool yeah so like I I mean we've talked about I'm from Indiana I'm white grew up in a white household. American, um, yeah. uh, so she, she was born in New York city when she was okay. three or four. Both of her parents are from Dominican Republic and they came over in the eighties, I believe okay. to New York city, the Bronx so makes her first generation. Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, when she was three or four, they moved back to oh. Dominican Republic she lived there um, till she was about eleven, yeah. I believe. Does she 12, have dual middle citizenship? School. No, but I believe she could. Gotcha. She's talked about it. I, I think she's interested in it. Yeah, she's she's well, she she's now interested. Because you guys are married, right? Like, so that's definitely a doesn't that doesn't that affect that? No. Um, I don't know. Okay. Um, I thought it she's did, but. well, cause yeah, she's she's American citizen, but. She, Oh, she doesn't have. She doesn't. Dominican she's not Dominican. Citizen. Ah, citizenship. so she just has. 
states. Yes. That's what I guess. I yeah, was, yeah. I sorry, we didn't define that. Yeah. Um, cool. So she is an she's American citizen without the Dominican side, but she could have the Dominican side. I believe so. Potentially. And part of cool. the reason why she said like, oh, I'm, I might do it is so that when when you go to Dominican Republic, you have to pay like a tax. And oh. it's like, it's like very small, but she's yeah. like, oh, I wouldn't have to pay the tax. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. But it's kind of cool. That's I mean, cool. that's a piece of who she is. Oh, I know. Yeah. And if that's something that she would want to do, I mean, I would fully support yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. I forget what it looked. I mean. I think we'd have to go there, file some paperwork. Yeah, I don't know what that looks like either. Pay no some idea. money, something like yeah. that. Um, so, yeah. So then uh, when she was 11, I believe, 12, middle school, they moved back to New York City. And they were in the Bronx. Um, I think she lived in Bo- – she has family in Boston too. Cool. She lived in Boston for a short time. But since then, she was she was in the Bronx. So that's – that's where she grew up from middle school mm-hmm. on. Um, went to college in uh, Manhattan. Still lived at home, commuted. Yeah. And then um, what brought brought her out to Indiana was she did a master's PhD program uh, at Purdue. So she's been in Indiana for a little over 10 years now. Um, so it's Spanish, Spanish, mostly Spanish. Well, her parents... Um, her parents pretty much only speak Spanish. Cool. Um, her dad speaks English, and mm. he speaks definitely enough where, I mean, you could sit down with him and have a conversation, yeah, and work through stuff, and yeah, probably understand each other yeah. pretty well. Which I, it's weird because I also, <laughs> I can't. I'm not conversational at all, and I have been out of it for so long, so I I need to like, quote practice, you know. But I understand a lot more Spanish than I give myself credit for. Yeah. You know, and it's like with my students all the time. It's like, I know a lot of vocab words, so it gets me through or I'm like, now I'm like, oh, I I remember that word. What's that word mean? And then somebody tells me, I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I know that if I was to spend any time in like a Spanish speaking country, I would start to pick that up a little quicker, but I described it. I used, I used to use the analogy when I taught Spanish, I would say, and I taught English to Spanish speakers also for a little bit. And I would say uh, learning a language is like putting together a puzzle. Mm. You know, the puzzle pieces are like words and, you know, phrases and stuff like that. And so you you try and pick out what you can understand. So, you know, you know, what's a word you know in Spanish? Uh, (laughs) Put me on the spot. (laughs) I know, yeah. Corona. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a Spanish word. Uh, no, I was thinking, oh, yeah, like cerveza or yeah. uh, cabrillo. Uh, I don't know. I could come up with Yeah, that. so cerveza. So you hear cerveza and you hold on to that, right? It's a puzzle yeah. piece. So you lay it down on the table. So and you, you have like a little. Cerveza and you're like. Yeah, exactly. And the, then you hear the words after that and you're like, okay, that's tied in with So you that. know they're talk, talking about. You know beer. one thing yeah. that they're talking about, right? So you, you put that on the table. You see a little, little tiny picture of mm-hmm. the puzzle right and then you might pick up one other word or be able to understand a word in context or something like mm-hmm. that one more piece and eventually you know you have a few pieces and you can see a little bit more of the puzzle and you know you build that and then you can yeah. see more of the picture um so yeah which is an interesting analogy but i saw yeah, that all the time like with that. my students because people i felt like often and i understand this students would think oh if i don't understand like a hundred percent of it 
then I don't understand it. And so I'm sure. just going to kind of check out or I just, I don't get it. Yeah. But do we really understand a hundred percent of what's being said in, in English? I mean, <laughs> yeah, not always, you know, it's we say to, like, slang terms. What do you, what do you mean by that? Or like, I'm yeah, saying like, like no, you I, might, the, that's the question you ask. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, exactly. I don't quite understand. You have to clarify, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so I would try and help them to. To be, I'm like, hey, whatever you can pick out is beneficial. If yeah. you got cerveza, you know that was one thing that they talked about, right? And yeah, yeah. So build on that. Yeah. So her, so her, her dad. He, uh, they, they all have amazing stories. Um, I mean, I think the immigrant story. Any, any immigrant, like there's, there's, everyone has a story, yes. right? But I think there's something special about the immigrant story, right? Because um, it's a it's a story of courage. It's a story of perseverance in some ways. Because it's some it's a story of like overcoming adversity in America and like man, I I have trouble finding like you know like making finding the job that I want to do or work and like those things. And I can imagine. I've, I've thought about this or I was said this to Cal earlier. I was like, man, I could totally see myself living in another country. The thing is, I actually just don't have a clue how to like I would make money in yeah. another country. You know, like I just don't know how I would like live. I don't know what. Um, and so I can't imagine just going like this is what's best for my family or I want to go and seek opportunity or I'm going, you know, and kudos you know like that's admirable in a lot of ways of like those sort of when you think of it through that lens verse um some of the other lenses that you could potentially look through different language different structure of things yeah right? different way how people relate to each other yeah. how people interact um, um yeah, yeah it's it's fascinating to me and and so yeah i mean her mom her mom can understand english decently but Mm -hmm. she just does she just has not practiced much and yeah and so you know she knows some words and things like that yeah um so yeah okay so that's a little bit of maria's uh background so for me because i because i had the experience in dominican republic and it was so foundational and transformational like in my life and I had all of these years of like immersing myself in Spanish speaking culture in Dominican culture, yeah, uh, learning Spanish language, and um, well, those things allow you to learn like another culture and like mm-hmm. just appreciate and like understand each other better. Yeah, I yeah, I feel like because we are bilingual there's something about being like multilingual that yeah. it opens up a whole nother area of brain. And- yes. And like, I mean, you could apply this to a lot of different things, mm-hmm. but learning another language, you know, the effort and energy you have to put into it. Yeah. You have to work, you know, with, as far as with communication, right. Mm-hmm. You, you said earlier something about like, uh, what'd you say? Or what was yeah. that again? Right. Yeah. You have to clarify. So you're, yeah. Which you may have less of that if you know the language a lot better, right? Yeah. No and so, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> and so, uh, there's something, yeah, about being multilingual that like you're just used to kind of 
doing a little more like maneuvering than maybe mm. your just native language and yeah. it's less less thought. And yeah. so that I feel like that can be applied. I'm not saying this is across the board, but I think that can be applied in relationships because it's like, like, okay, I have no idea what, what you're doing right now or what yeah. you just said or whatever. Yeah. All right. Let's or clarify. Why. Let's try yeah. and communicate it in a different way. Let's try and problem solve. Yeah. Let's do you guys mix. Do you do a lot of Spanglish? We do. Yes. Uh, I think since the beginning, since we got to know each other, it's, it's always been Spanglish and yeah. it depends on the day. Really? It depends on the situation. It depends on the topic we're talking about. Sure. I, I've realized about myself, if it's a really serious topic, I'll switch to English. Yeah. Um, what do you, how do you tell her you love her? Is it different? Is it changed? Both. Yeah. Um, Span. I think Spanish more because yeah. I just like te amo. Yeah. Or te, te amo, quiero. Amo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it te amo amor? Yeah, te amo. Mi amor. Mm-hmm. Mi amor. Yeah, mm-hmm. my love. Man, you know so much. See, I do know a little bit. You do. But I, I just don't. It's the connecting words. Of, uh, like, I get it. I get what you're saying, but I couldn't literally translate what you're saying. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like, I, yep. I comprehend it. But um, Cool. What would you say... Man, um, you know what, dude, I'm going to see you in two weeks. I didn't think about that. Um, we're reaching almost an hour. We're at 53 minutes actually. Um, I want to do, I want to do, I'm going to wrap things up here, but we're going to do another podcast together when I see you again on my way through. That sounds good. Does that work? Yeah. And I want to continue this conversation and... Um, just to tease everybody here, one thing I'm really interested in, and I think a perspective that I'm interested in is how you feel that people look at you, um, in this relationship as the white male, um, in a biracial relationship of the image that maybe people look at you from the outside when you're together. But I'm also interested in like the opposite, right. Of how maybe you see people looking at your wife with you being white, um, and a white male, um, so I want to tease that a little bit. That's, that would be something I, I, I wanted to get to that. That's going to be a very in-depth conversation. Um, and I, I want to give that its proper respect. Um, and so I'm going to end it with this. What are three things you want people to know about you or you wish people knew about you or you think it's important for people to know about you? Can I just do like three interesting things? Sure. About myself? Yeah, it's whatever you want. Um... Yeah, I don't think we talked about this, but um, our friend Sam and I, we did a bike trip across mm. country. Yes. So I love talking about that. Ah, There's so many I want to get into that too. About. I know. You're you're not going to be a, a like stranger of this podcast. I can tell you that. There's so much we can uh, talk about. So. Yeah, so we biked from, just a quick thing, we, we biked from, like bicycle, biked from Indiana to... Seattle, Washington. Yeah. It was, I think it was something like 3,000 miles and we did it in 47 so days. Yeah. So just the two of us. So, so awesome. that was just a fascinating trip and we were 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked about, uh, Sam and I talked about on our road trip to Indiana from Minnesota because you guys went that direction. For whatever reason, I didn't even like compute that. He's like, yeah. I think we stopped at this gas station or like, 
like this restaurant, like I remember we were at a, a restaurant and like this guy, we like, he picked us up and we like hitchhike or I think that was with Matt maybe, but, um, but like just those stories of like that kind of that trip or like those directions or yeah. like those different things. And they always come up. I, I love it. I'm like, wish that I would have joined you guys. I'm oh. jealous, but we've had some great times too of like our road trip. That's yeah. totally another conversation we could have that yeah. I'm like one of my fondest memories especially my fondest memory with you without a doubt yeah. no doubt about it my fondest memory with you yeah um but like yeah. one of my like i i love that memory so much i love that we got Me to too. share that experience and have that experience i think that was yeah. awesome we spooned in uh for warmth for out of survival <laughs> for survival purposes which this is this in is the, the grand thing. canyon <laughs> this is the thing we <laughs> we did do this this is a real thing that happened it was so cold it was cold, and we were like, let's get around the fire and spoon. <laughs> but we had a freaking car we could have slept in, and it was like two hours into trying to sleep, and like, dude, I'm getting closer because I'm freezing right now. Like, me too. Okay, no worries. And then we get close, and then it's like an hour goes by, and I'm like, why the hell are we doing this? Like, there's a car right there. And I got in the car and slept fine the rest of the night because well, I was warm. Like, I just <laughs> didn't think that the car would be warm. I didn't think that our body uh, heat would heat up the you know, yeah. be trapped in the car. I whatever, wish whatever. I wish I could say that that was how I thought. I think I was just <laughs> dumb and was like, oh, this is what we're going to do. We can't sleep in the car, you know? And it'd be cool to be right by a fire. And, yeah. But then quickly we're but like. But we quickly were like, oh my god, like shaking. It, it was so physically like, physically shaking. shaking. Yep. We're so cold. Yeah. All right. Two more things. Well, that can be a second nope. one. Two more. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking now about experiences that I've sure. had and done. Um, man. See, this is what I'm. This hey, this is the first time really. I I got kind of locked up. Um. Oh, take your time. There's no rush here. I uh, I used to play. I uh, I think drums was my first instrument. Oh yeah, drums. Trombone was my first instrument, and mm. then drums, and then guitar. So yeah. I used to play a lot of drums and Musician. guitar. Yeah. And Derek Griffey and I were in a band together. Yeah. Cool. You guys, you haven't done the podcast. No, before. I think we'll probably do like a phone one sometime okay. next week. But. Yeah. So we were in a band together in high school, and that was amazing and such a good time. And. Yeah. You know, I can look back on that and you learned so much. I mean, it was like, it was like DIY, uh, like, you know, you're like a freelance, like yeah. you have to learn how to like do business stuff, how mm-hmm. to logistics, you know, like yeah. how to like do networking. Yeah. Well, you're um, an entrepreneur without knowing it yeah. in some ways. Cause you're like, it's a brand you're old, telling to sell yourself old. and you have to book your own tours and book your own gigs. And if you want to do, if you want to go down that route, like that's. Nobody else, you can't afford to do that when you're young. Like Exactly. Um, what else? One more. One more. Um, We've covered a lot of the good stuff. Yeah. It doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be a massive thing. Um, I'm really thankful of, like, this weekend that we've mm, had. Yes. And, um, you know the six of us haven't been together to that I can remember since like 2009. Yeah. It's been like, like 10 years. all of us together, probably 2009, 10, maybe 2010. I think. Yeah. 2010. Um, so it's been like eight, nine, 10 years. Yeah. Like. So for me, like when I went through my divorce and 
a lot of it was reconnecting, reconnecting yeah. with family, friends who I'd been distant yeah. from, and also reconnecting with myself. Right. Well, like, and you and I, and this is something we can maybe talk about on a different podcast, because I, I would love to like get into that sometime. I think, I don't think that people are unfamiliar from like having friends, having conflict amongst friends and mm-hmm. having breakups and friendships. And we had that. And some, I guess that kind of is some goes in hand in hand with your divorce and those things. So, um, that I would love to talk about as well. I think that's a really like good conversation to have and to hear, have people hear our perspective on that and where we're at now. And, um, I'd love to talk about that. And maybe that's, I mean, that could be its own standalone thing. Probably. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. So, but I feel like since then, and I'm still, it's been three years and I'm still in this pro and I, Still will, but yeah. but this reconnecting with friends, family, yeah. and myself, and reconciliation and and like forgiveness on our end and your end and everybody like just it's a whole thing. It's like it's not it's not easy. And because of that, I just feel very thankful for opportunities like yes, this. Absolutely, and for opportunities, you know, to go be with my dad for a weekend and yeah. you know, be with my mom, like th- those type of things. Um, and yeah, that's important. Mm -hmm. All right, dude. I appreciate it so much. We're going to call it, but we'll see you again in a couple weeks. Thank you so much. Don't forget guys do good, make a difference in the world around you in our local and global communities. Tony, thank you again. Love you, brother. I love you guys too. Peace.